with a bunch of crazy dogs and have some fun. Ladies and gentlemen, what is up? Coming to you from the Cosa Nostra studios, I'm Matty Buller, and thank you for tuning in to Almost Wise Guys. It's conference championship weekend, and in this episode, we'll take a deep dive into both games from a better's perspective, plus your weekly total tease, and we'll uh, chat with Doc to see what his algorithm spiffy says, and maybe a little bit of trivia about these games. Uh, first, of course, with me as always from Almost Wise Guys Central, it's Andy the Prognosticator Attridge. How you been, buddy? Oh, not bad. Had a pretty good week, all things considered. You and I cleaned up a little bit on the weekend on the prop bets. We did pretty well there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we did all right on those. Had a cheeseburger and went to bed. I've had a much better week than they did in the state of Ohio. Ohio, Ohio. <laughs> you did. You know, the Buckeyes lost to Alabama 52-24. <laughs> and then to add insult to injury, their quarterback, Justin Fields, announced his eligibility for this year's draft. And then, of course, a few days later, the Browns lost a heartbreaker to the Super Bowl reigning Kansas City Chiefs 22-17. Yeah, they also lost Urban Meyer. Well, they never really had Urban Meyer. But, you know, he's. He, I think we said it to each other via text. I think Jacksonville and Urban Meyer deserve each other. You bet. There's no other way to put it. He'll enjoy the hot tub out there. That's going to relax him because the guy's a high-stress guy. He needs, he needs the soak and poke at the COVID jizz float to sort him out. <laughs> I'm not taking a soak in that human bacteria frap you got going there. This is actually, this is the championship week is actually my, I, I like it better than I, I do the Super Bowl. And I'll give you five good reasons for that. Number five. There's two games instead of one. And you could make an argument that these are the four best teams that, uh, that played in the regular season, maybe absent the Saints. Number four. Uh, we don't have to watch Coldplay or Maroon 5. At halftime. Number three. Uh, more attention is actually paid to the game and not the commercials in between. Number two. You know, we there, we don't have to sit through any discussions about the length of the national anthem. And now, number one. And, and finally, no stupid questions from non-football fans like, what's a first down and why does that guy keep yelling Omaha? Omaha! Omaha! <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. The uh, Super Bowl sometimes gets clouded by the periphery that only exists at the Super Bowl. And I also agree that the championship weekend is some of the best football you'll see all year. And you're right. These well, it's reserved for us hard hardcore guys. You bet. And these four teams really are the four teams I want to see be playing uh, this weekend. I think it's going to be a fantastic weekend of games. Well, yeah, last week was pretty interesting statistically. Not one quarterback threw for 300 plus yards. Not one running back rushed for more than a hundred. The high watermark for receiving was Buck Ten, was Tyreek Hill, and the only game that went over the total was the Green Bay LA Rams game, which was pretty low total uh, to begin with at forty-five. Breeze looked awful, like one hundred and thirty-four yards on at nineteen completions, and this guy is the all-time passing yards leader at eighty thousand three hundred and fifty-eight. That's almost forty-six miles. And he, he threw for 134. He's obviously not himself. I mean... Well, Brady only threw for 200. 199 to be exact. Yeah, 199. So I think both of those defenses really clamped down. Oh, I think they did. And I'm not saying it was a lackluster effort on part of the offense. I think it was a great uh, defensive weekend of football. But a prime Drew Brees, I will agree with you, 
overcomes that Tampa Bay defense and they win that game? Well, you don't turn the ball over three times in the second half, and maybe you got a, a fighting chance of winning too, right? Yep. Turnovers, turnovers will kill you. And I mean, the Browns, what killed me about them is they, they actually were making mistakes left, right, and center, but uh, Kansas City wasn't able to put them away. They should have, with the, the amount of mistakes that the Browns made, Kansas City should have won that game by much yeah, more. Yeah, but you could make the argument otherwise. If it wasn't that stupid touchback rule. Well, yeah, but um, the rule exists. No, the rule exists. I get it. But um, what I'm saying was Cleveland was clearly moving the ball in Kansas City. Yeah, but here's what I, first of all, I'm, I'm in agreement. I don't like that touchback rule. However, it exists. What I'm upset about, if you really want to go there, is the rule that already exists, which is you can't target the head when you're going to tackle a guy. And that's exactly what happened on that play. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it was absolute, And you can't review that. That's a penalty you can't review, which is another silly thing, right? Yeah. I mean, that if that ball was six inches forward, it's a touchdown. If it was two inches down, it's down by contact. If it's six inches to the right, it's out of bounds, and that's where they get it from. Could have, would have, should have is the difference of what I'm talking about. The good teams don't come in and say could have. They get it done. But... We digress. It's going to be a it's going to be a great weekend of football. I'm really excited. So shall we uh, fire it up? Yeah, Maddie, let's fire it up. It's time. Fucking go! For our first game of the afternoon, we head to the frozen tundra of Lambeau Field, where the Green Bay Packers play host to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, Green Bay, three and a half point favorites at home, 51's your over under. And this game is for the right to see who's going to get the chance to go to the Super Bowl and lose to the AFC. <laughs> um, oh, come on, Matty. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I strongly believe that. But either way, as far as this game goes, it's perfect Lambeau weather, snow and 32 degrees. And I'm going to make a case here that a lot of people are going to think I'm nuts. So let me lay this out, okay? Can Brady win? in cold weather, right? I know that sounds ridiculous. He played 20 seasons in New England, but hear me out. All of his Super Bowl wins have come in warm weather cities or domes. The only game with weather that comes to mind that he won in the playoffs was the tuck rule game against the Raiders, right? Mm -hmm. He came out with the win. It was snowing here in that game. He came out uh, with the win, but that was in 2002, the 2001 championships, which is played in January, 2002. Um, And they barely won that game. Six, to 13. Uh, had well, the that tuck- was on a last second kick, wasn't it? That's right. And Brady actually ran a touchdown in himself, but never threw for one. And except for another touchdown pass early in the uh, first quarter uh, for Oakland, it was all field goals. And had that tuck actually been called a fumble, which it should have been, Brady would have lost. Well, when you sell your soul to the devil, you get these calls, man. You get these calls. <laughs> yeah, he does get a lot of calls. You know, and now it a guy who hasn't had great luck in championship games is Aaron Rodgers. His championship uh, record is one and three with six touchdowns, seven picks. And can you remind me what happened last year, Matty? Well, they were all road games, by the way. But what happened last year? Where did they lose? Can't, it was, uh, oh yeah, San Francisco. It was San Francisco. I was waiting. I was letting you have that great oh, moment in the sun. Oh, thank you very much. This is, this is Brady's <laughs> 14th championship game. Okay, the first one with the NFC. 
But let me put this in perspective. I added them up. So if you take all the four teams that are playing this weekend and you added their combined conference championship appearances, the NFC's got nine. Nine times. Nine times. Nine times. The AFC is seven. So 16 total between all four teams. And this is Brady's 14th. It's incredible. Right? You know, you you could cut his career in half at like 2010. And before that and after that could both be considered Hall of Fame careers. Oh, yeah. There's no doubt about it. Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time. And that hurts me saying that because I'm not even a Niners fan, but I always thought Joe Cool yeah. was. Joe Cool's still up there, oh, yeah. but Brady, you have to give it to You have to give it to well, him. When you run now, here's the problem, though, is he's not taking a team from Fox, but he's not taking a team from Foxborough into Lambeau. He's taking a warm weather Florida team up into Lambeau. It's going to be snowing 32 degrees. Mm-hmm. Rogers, he might have struggled in the past uh, with championship games, but right this year he's having an MVP season. 70.7 completion percentage, averaging 268 uh, for his pass yardage per game, 48 touchdowns, five picks, and 121.5 passer rating. That Packers offense is rolling. Mm-hmm. And now I know that Tampa Bay whooped the Packers' ass in week six. Oh, uh, right. oh I know. That's why I'm putting this yeah. caveat in. It was 38 to 10. But the Packers were coming off their bye week. Weather wasn't an, a factor in that game. And Rodgers threw two of his five picks of the season in the first half of that game. I don't think Rodgers does that twice in a row. And that was the only well, reason they, they Green were, Bay they were up 10 was in, in the that hole. game. And then he threw a pick six. And all of a sudden, the, the whole complexion of that game changed. Yep. You know, last... The, Last time the Bucks won at Lambeau, September of 2005. And um, that was in the middle of a streak where they had lost 15 out of 16 games, and that was the only win that they had. Uh, trivia time, Maddie. This is Brady's uh, first foray into the NFC Championship. What is the only team to have played in both the AFC and NFC Championship games? The only team to play in the AFC and the NFC Championship. I'm, I'm stumped. I don't know. Seattle Seahawks. Shithawks. Big, dirty shithawks. Yeah, they won the, champ- the NFC Championship three times, 2005, 2013, 2014, and they lost the AFC Championship game once in 1983. And I was, was that Brian Bosworth territory or Steve Largent territory? I completely forgot that yeah. that even, that they were even that's an why, AFC that's team. That's a trivia question, yeah. Matty. That's a great trivia question. So I'm 0 for 1. I'm 0 for, all right, here's a trivia question for you. All right. Devontae Adams leads the league in receiving touchdowns. If he wins the Super Bowl, he's going to join a pretty exclusive club. Only three players in NFL history have ever led the league in receiving touchdowns and won the Super Bowl in the same season. Can you name them? Uh, Jerry Rice has to be in there. Yeah, I knew you'd get one. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Michael Irvin? Nope. I'll give you one more guess, see if you can get two out of three. I'm thinking the greatest show on turf, but I just... Oh, um, shit. No, his name escaped me. I can't think of it. All right. It's yeah. Jerry Rice. Oh, okay. Lynn Swan. And if, if I'd given you more time, I bet you would have came to that. 
But the next one, he always get the reason I like to ask this question is the next guy always kind of gets buried when people talk about great wide receivers. Cliff Branch. Holy crap. Yeah, three Super Bowls with the Raiders over a distinguished 14-season NFL career. And yeah, he was also a player that led the league in receiving touchdowns and won a Super Bowl. So Devontae Adams can get there. Obviously, there's uh, two wins to go. I'm looking at this game. I'm thinking that Green Bay's offense is just rolling and their defense is playing great. Tampa Bay's got to come into there with a warm-weather team. Uh, into Lambeau Field, and there looked like there was actually a decent amount of fans in Lambeau last week. I like the Packers here to cover that three and a half points and head to the Super Bowl. What are you thinking? Well, Tampa Bay's pretty, they fared pretty well on the road this season. Um, eight and two, including their last five straight up. Now, Mark Twain once said there's three types of lies there's lies, damned lies, and statistics. So let's look at some of the wins that they've had this year on the road. Denver in September against Jeff Driscoll. The Raiders in Vegas at Allegiant Stadium, which is a dome. Um, Division rival Carolina. Then they won in Atlanta at Mercedes-Benz Stadium, a dome. They won on the road against the New York football giants by two points. Then they beat the Detroit Lions at Ford Field, a dome. Then in the playoffs, a wildcard weekend in Washington against Taylor Heineke. And then, of course, last week at the Superdome. Now, Tom Brady might be used to playing in cold weather. Swirling winds, you know, 19-year career in the AFC East. But the Bucks playing in Florida in the very temperate NFC South are not. You know, there's 52 other guys on that roster. Um, now, you mentioned the, the, the weather being at 32 degrees. I've got a, a slightly different... Uh, forecast the game will start in the upper 20s and in the mid 20s winds will blow from the southeast southeast up to 18 miles an hour producing wind chills as cold as 13 degrees and there might be some snow as well well there you have it from our staff meteorologist andy atridge quite welcome um, since the 19th of december okay 19th of december for both teams green bay has only had to travel once and that was to where? Your Chicago Bears. Stop, Bears. This is going to be Tampa Bay's fifth game of the past six on the road, dating back to the same weekend. Normally, I love a good road trip from the team to gel and come together, but this is more like a tour of duty. I think Sun Tzu said it the best in The Art of War, Matty. Whoever is first in the field and awaits the coming of the enemy will be fresh for the fight. Whoever is second in the field and has to hasten to battle will arrive exhausted. That's going to play into a factor here. Being on the road that much for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is going to wear them down. Um, you mentioned Devontae Adams. Jesus, man. Tampa Bay held Michael Thomas to zero catches. Going into that game, you know how many games with zero catches he had? Oh, it, I don't zero. think he ever. Zero. Yeah, zero. Yeah, had he had this right. Catch. That's right. And then, you know, Devontae Adams, he was held to only 60 yards and six receptions and no scores, right? In Tampa yep. Bay's win over the Packers earlier this year, right? You were talking about that 38-10 to game. 
and he was the target on two of Rogers' interceptions that turned that game in favor of the Bucks. the aforementioned. Now, you've got L.A. Rams. Not even the best defense in the league could slow down that Green Bay's top-rated offense last week. Right. Green Bay's, they got 484 yards, not only a postseason record against a number one defense, but were nearly 100 more yards than L.A. had allowed in a game all season long. Is that good? And the Packers had two plays of more than 50 yards, and Green Bay became just the third team in the last 20 postseasons to score in its first five possessions. When you're saying that they're on fire, they are, their offense is a well-oiled machine. Keep on fire! When I go into a game, I don't like to have a pick and find stats that support it. I like to just look at the stats and see which ones are the most influential. Maddie, we got a lot of paying customers, right? We do. We got a lot of paying customers that we have to honor and honor with due diligence. So that's the way I approach each. I've got a path to victory for the Bucks, but before we go there, I got another trivia question for you. Okay. Consider these two teams, San Francisco 49ers and the professional football team from Washington. At least one of those two teams played in the NFC Championship game from the years 1981 to 1994, with the exception of what year? 1985. Bears-Rams, buddy. Correct answer. There you go. I knew you'd get that. <laughs> yes. get that. But isn't that incredible? A 14-year stretch for two teams, with the exception of one year. <laughs> All right, I've laid out a five-point plan called the path to victory for the Bucks. Number five. Create one to two turnovers. Now, they rank number one in the whole league in turnover margins per game, so I think they can do that. Number four. This sounds obvious, but put pressure on Rodgers. You know, the ace in the hole for Tampa Bay's pass rush all season long was the Blitz. Their 42.3% Blitz rate on the year was the third highest mark in the league, and they had success with it. Devin White led all off-ball linebackers in combined sacks and quarterback hits. 13. He's able to use his speed and cause problems as an extra rusher. And by the way, he had a fumble recovery in last week's game against the Saints, which led to a game-time touchdown. Number three. Penalties. Opponents have racked up 1,015 penalty yards against the Bucks' defense. Green Bay, only 734. I call that a significantly statistical difference. Number two. Keep it close. Let's look at the fourth quarter points alone. Tampa Bay has allowed 61 fourth quarter points against their opposition. Green Bay almost double at 121. So as long as Tampa Bay is in there, they're in there. And we've seen Tom Brady do this many times over. And now, number one. Lastly, serendipity. Tom Brady last week threw for 199 yards against the Saints make it to the NFC Championship game. His draft position 20 years ago, 199th. He signed with Tampa Bay, a team whose initials were the same as his. And Super Bowl 55 will be played at Raymond James Stadium in where? Tampa Bay. I don't like the Packers, but that's not the reason why I'm betting against them. The Bucks have proven that they can win. And I think at three in the hook, I gotta go with the Bucks here, Maddie. Dear Sleepy Joe, I want to wish you the best of luck with my second term. 
Quite frankly, you're probably going to need it. Yours truly, President Donald J. Trump. And for the AFC Championship game, we go to Kansas City, where the Chiefs are three-point favorites against the Buffalo Bills. 54 is your over-under here. And, you know, I, I said it off the top, the Browns made a pile of mistakes last week, and they were in it till the end. The KC just seems to not be able to put teams away this year. And now they got a Bills team that's won eight straight games, including the playoffs. That's tied for the second-longest streak in their franchise history. Where did the Chiefs' offense go? They've scored 22 or fewer points in three straight games. Uh, that's not indicative of, of that offense, at least over the past couple of years. What say you, Andy? Well, not that this is a trivia question, but do you know how long it's been since Casey's covered a spread? It was November the 1st. Really, eh? Since they covered a spread. I mean, you were yeah. still blowing out the candles on your jack-o'-lanterns at that point, and I know how much <laughs> you love Halloween. I love Halloween. It's my favorite time of year. Do I detect a note of sarcasm? Are you kidding me? This baby is off the charts. Why? Only sarcasm detector. Well, that's a really useful invention. Uh, you're, you're right. They're not blowing teams out. I'm not sure why. I, you know, everyone talks about this, this switch that they get to flip when they so choose. Uh, that's a dangerous game to play, though, especially a with a team that's as play. explosive as Buffalo. Um. You know, I, I thought there, there was very questionable play calling for Buffalo last week considering the weather. Uh, looked like at least 20-mile-an-hour wins, and there was very few run plays called. In fact, they rushed the ball 16 times for 32 yards. The last I checked, that worked out to two yards a carry. Maddie, I've heard that isn't very good. No, not very good at all. And they are 24th in the league right now in rushing at 103 yards per game. Uh, 69 in the last three. And really, Casey's not that much better at 113 yards per game. And if you looked at the opposite side of the ball, both these teams on defense are in the bottom third of the league against the run. So, obviously, I don't know. I, I think you get where I'm going in terms of a number of points probably going to be scored in this game. Now, Buffalo did a hell of a job keeping Baltimore to three points. Holy Christ. Yeah, great defense. Like, they... What was great about it was they were able to establish their ends or an outside linebacker, depending on what kind of uh, rush they were calling. But they were keeping the edges tight so that mm -hmm. when Lamar Jackson looked to bounce it outside, there's a guy forcing him back inside to help. And that, that's the key. You can't open if you get too much penetration. It's funny to, to say that because you'd think lots of penetration is a great thing <laughs> in many things in life. He gets penetration right there. But unfortunately, if one guy gets too far in and another guy doesn't get the penetration just the tip there jim and a big gap opens up and a guy like lamar jackson just flies through it the bills did a great job of rushing him when he was going to pass but when he was going to take the ball down and run they forced him to the middle of the field or, or at least tried to their achilles heel was was runs to the outside sometimes when they couldn't establish that end right and in buffalo um, they were particularly effective at getting to the quarterback quickly this season, uh, recording a 25% pressure rate in 2.5 seconds or less. And they only trade the Pittsburgh Steelers in that category. Now, if you look at KC, 
their pass rush win rate was 18th in the league at 42%. That falls to 26th in the league for a run stop win rate at 29%. You know, as far and as the, the Buffalo Bills can off, run, pardon me. And the Bills can run if they call them. Well, they can run. Usually. But, and here, here's where I'm going with this. You know, as, as far as the Buffalo offense goes, we know that they can throw the ball. What I would like to see is guys like Stefan Diggs and John Brown get involved in the running game vis-a-vis reverse plays, jet sweeps, or even just short screen plays. I think that would be the key to their success uh, in beating that KC defense. Yeah, I... I- I couldn't agree more. I think that when you get guys moving in the backfield, especially fast guys, like, well, look at what KC does on offense, right? They'll motion Tyreek Hill over so that as he's running behind Mahomes, Mahomes turns around and pitches it to him. And Hill is already at top speed, meaning that when you try to establish that end, he's already outside the end. You actually have to have a corner that can force them back inside. The problem is with Kansas City, your corners are usually peeling out to cover a guy because they you don't just have to worry about Tyreek Hill. Now, we've not talked about the elephant in the room yet, and that's obviously Patrick Mahomes and his concussion protocol. As Mellon. Uh, we don't know where it's going. We, we Nothing's been official. I think this line reflects the fact that he likely will be playing, and I expect him to be playing. But I got to ask you, Maddie. You know, you've got an extensive background in pugilism. Tell me about boxing protocols when it comes to concussions. If he dies, he dies. Well, back in the day, just like in football, unless you got knocked out or you couldn't get up in 10 seconds, they didn't even worry about your heads. Nowadays, it is a little bit. Now, if you want to talk professional, because we're talking about professional football. Now, in amateur boxing, if you get your, your bell rattled and the ref doesn't think you're all there, even suspects it, the fight's over. Um with a professional fight, the ref will let it go on a little longer, provided a couple things happen. If you get smoked and you go down with a headshot and the ref gets up, he's going to give you instructions. He's going to look you in the eyes to see if you're all there or at right. least somebody's home. Uh, grab your, your, your gloves and you kind of give them a, a little firm shake to kind of see if your hands are responsive. Yep. And then you'll say, you want to fight? And you say, yes. He'll take two steps back. He'll say, walk toward me. If you walk toward him and you aren't wobbling, he'll let you, he'll, the fight will go back on. If you, if you don't, then it's, it's over. Uh, They don't, it's now the thing is they don't have a concussion protocol in boxing. If you get knocked out, you don't, there's no, Oh, you can't fight for whatever. I I don't believe there is. I thought it was like 90 days or something. Uh, could be now, yeah. It probably depends on the commission too. Now that I think about it, the WBC might have something like that. Either way, like, well, ninety days is a hell of a lot longer than seven. Well, yeah, but also Patrick Mahomes isn't getting repeatedly punched in the head. No, but you saw him get uh, up off that field, man. Like, oh you no, know he what was day of the week. It was. I agree. He was he was quite rattled, and it looked like he kind of got a bit of a stinger or something tweaked in his neck. They did say that he was going to have light practice today, which is Thursday. He actually did yesterday. I read. Did he have on Wednesday yeah, he was as well? Quite a few of the snaps. I thought uh, that let's was also just rumor. Keep in mind that before the concussion, he hurt his toe. Yep. And so, what does that mean for him? He's not going to be. He's not going to be rushing out of the pocket. He's, his coaches are going to tell him, stay there. Like, don't, don't like get beyond your protection. 
Um, he's going to be shy of running. I think he used a phrase last week, once bitten, twice shy. So he's not going to be breaking out of the pocket for those first first downs that, that he's we're used to seeing him do. He's going to be limited with his toe. And, uh, you know, that makes him just the regular quarterback that's got a good arm. Well, absolutely, man. And I, if you turn Patrick Mahomes into just another quarterback, that takes a big edge off the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, they still have some weapons to beat you. And their defense is no slouch. Yeah, they are a slouch. I'm going to argue with you on that. They're not in the top half of the league in many statistical categories of defense. No, but they seem to get it done when it counts. I think, you're, first of all, you're right. That's part of the reason why they aren't covering spreads, because there's been a few games where they've scored more than enough points to cover a spread, but their defense has let, let it go. Uh, last week, though, they looked pretty good against Cleveland. They looked all right. Well, I think the Bills' defense looked a hell of a lot better against Baltimore, but we've already discussed them. I just The thing is, if they can disrupt uh, Josh Allen, the Bills don't have quite as many weapons as Kansas no, City don't. does. That's and by clear. the way, I'm, I'm firmly on the side of Buffalo in this game. In fact, let it be said that the Buffalo Bills are my money line Maddie pick this week. Oh. Oh. You know how hard it is to repeat as Super Bowl champion? It, it, actually, just to get back to a Super Bowl in back-to-back years? Yeah, I'm, try, I'm trying to think the last team that did it. Well, I guess it was uh, the Patriots, right? Patriots. They they, uh, they lost the Eagles and then won the – or sorry, they lost – or they beat the Falcons and then lost the Eagles, right? Yeah. But it's very, very hard to do that. Sure. One narrative that I'm sick and tired of hearing all week is the fact, well, Josh Allen's never been in this situation before. He's such a young quarterback. This is just a stepping stone for next year. Fuck off. Like, yeah. this is Patrick Mahomes two years ago or three years ago. He's in the same position, and look at the success that they've had. Don't give me that bullshit. Absolutely. I'm I'm firmly behind the Bills. They're a team of destiny this year. Circle the wagon. They seem to just be getting better with every week, and the way their defense has been playing, especially since probably just after the midpoint of the season. At the beginning of the year, they kind of came out, and we were like, where was that Bills defense from last year? Well, the back half of the season and in the playoffs, that Bills defense has been a huge part of why they're in this position to begin with. If their offense comes out and does what it can do, their defense comes out and what does what it can do, Kansas City's going to have a long day. Maddie, I think we've established this. The only question that needs to be asked now is a prop bet. What should be the over-under set at in terms of number of flaming tables being broken on the backs of Bill's Mafia fans. I honestly don't know if you can quantify that because the number would be astronomical. The, you know, Dick Sporting Goods in the greater Buffalo area has sold skids of folding tables the past week. They even had them, uh, like stacks of them, out on the display floor for Bill's fans. <laughs> I, you know, do, do they sell butane <laughs> with it? Like, is it like a buy one, get one free kind of thing? <laughs> Buffalo fans, man, they're one of, I love Bill. I'm not a Bills fan, but I love Bills Mafia. And I've kind of got behind them this year as like the team that isn't my team that I'm kind of rooting for. So, you know, obviously that might color my opinion on this game, but I'm saying go Bills. Go Bills. Well, now it's time when we get to visit with our good friend Doc and find out what his algorithm Spiffy is saying. And it's, of course, championship weekend. So I'm waiting with bated breath to hear Spiffy's thoughts. Now, uh, Doc, you said uh, Spiffy's learned some new tricks. 
That's right. We talked a little bit last week about Spiffy's newest trick, but it was so new, I didn't even have a name for it yet. Um, so I've, I've at least named it. It's called hypothetical point spread analysis. Okay. And the way it works is very catchy. Very catchy. You look look at one team over some specified interval. I think year to date stats is pretty good interval. Early in the year, you may want to fold in some of the previous year because the sample size is so small. But now it's convenient to look at the whole season. So hypothetical point spread says, if you had this team at a, a fixed point spread to bet on them every week all year, what would your winning percentage be at the end of the year? Well, that's pretty cool. And we do that with uh, with all possible point spreads. So this week, let's just say like Green Bay minus three and a half with Tampa Bay coming into town. So let me talk to you about Green Bay and Tampa Bay. We, we need to look at both of them according to this method to get it to work properly. Okay. All right. So Green Bay, they've been winning a lot of games and they've also been winning by a lot of points. So, for instance, if you had Green Bay minus 14, you're winning 50% of the time. Wow, really? That's a scary number. Yeah, you know what? That doesn't surprise me. And, and a lot of that is in the last month, too. Is that not right? Well, it, uh, I'm looking at the a, a weighted average of the year. So, the more recent games count a little bit more. Um, it, it takes a whole year into account, this, this data set anyway, and, and they've been just hammering. So if, um, if you had Green Bay minus 7 every week, you're around 75%, which is a, an amazing number. Yeah. On the other hand, you know, if you look at Tampa Bay, they've been winning a lot of games too, but not quite as many and not by as much. So if you had Tampa Bay minus 14 you're winning 30, 35% of the time. Tampa Bay minus seven may be good 50% of the time. Okay. So it's quite the disparity between these two teams. Right. And and the interesting thing is, you know, if you take points away from one team and give them to the other, then we kind of superimpose what we know about the two teams over each other. And, and we get an interesting result here in this instance. They say Tampa Bay plus three points would be about 85%. Okay. Really? Green Bay minus three points would be about 85%. Ooh. So that's what Spiffy wants to call the break-even point spread. See, this is the place where I don't want to play either side of it because... My evaluation says this is where they meet. <laughs> That's uh, Spiffy's uh, new trick on the Green Bay. On the old method of looking at it, Spiffy still thinks the Green Bay are good, but they only may, may be by a point. So he likes Tampa Bay plus three and a half on that front as well. Does this make sense so far? It absolutely makes sense. Using Spiffy's new trick, what does he think about KC Buffalo? That's a different story altogether. Is it? Because KC's minus three, though, for our listeners. Just so Interesting they know. story. That's right. Kansas, Kansas City's minus three. And uh, 
I think the the most interesting thing about it is um, both of Spiffy's ways of looking at this. He likes the Bills a little bit. Circle the wagons. The Kansas Cities have been winning at a, an enormous rate, and um, just to to uh, to make Spiffy's analysis um, align more correctly with uh, the reality that he's trying to model. I've, I've fabricated some data. I never do this. I always think, you know, my data is the most important thing and we're never going to mess with it. But Spiffy downgraded the Chiefs significantly after the week's 17 loss against the Chargers. He didn't know they weren't trying to win. Right. No one actually started for them. So um, Spiffy thought that the Chiefs were going to beat the Chargers by 18 points that week, and they lost by 17 instead. So that's a 35-point hit to their rating. And I was afraid, you know, Smithy take this too seriously. So I faked it. I, I put in the score that Smithy expected. I said, what, what would it look like if the Chiefs had actually been playing to win and they had actually done what you thought they were going to do? Right. So I, I don't think we're handicapping the Chiefs anymore about that game. Chiefs are winning 95%, according to Spiffy, at even odds, at, at even point spread. But if they had to give away, uh, say, six, they're 40%. Yeah. If they, have to give, me at all. if they have to give away 14, they're 25%. This is a far cry from what the Packers do. So Kansas City's uh, you know, winning ratio falls off real quick once you start taking points off them. They've been winning, but only close. Meanwhile, the Bills, they, they have that same fall off at certain points, but it's not so dramatic. They, the Bills with uh, points on their favor are at least 85%. And again, you know, 14 points, they're, they're worth 30% or something. So they're not covering huge spreads all the time, but they have been winning a lot and by a lot. So Smithy knows all this. He puts it all together. He says the, the point spread that I don't want to play is Buffalo plus two and a half. At, at, at plus two and a half, the, the Bills would have a winning percentage against the spread over 90, and the Kansas Cities would have a winning percentage over 90 at minus two and a half. And this is the place where I mean, both teams look awesome. Nobody else has numbers like this. But the, this is the, the two and a half is the place that Spiffy wouldn't want to go. But So plus three then. Plus three, uh, okay, we'll take the Bills at plus three. If it was plus two, Kansas City minus two, Spiffy would take that instead. So this is really tight. Well, it's that tight for Spiffy, eh? Tight for Spiffy. The the half a point here makes a difference. He wouldn't go near Buffalo plus two and a half, but he does like three. Well, I'm hoping the Bills get the upper hand on this one. And uh, Doc, thank you so much for uh, coming by again, and I look forward to talking to you on uh, Super Bowl weekend. All right. Thanks, guys. Good luck and take good care. Please hang up and try again. And now it's time for the total tease. And, uh, well, this is where Andy and I give you a total we like for the weekend and a teaser we like. Not a whole lot of totals on the board this week, only two. So, Andy, what do you like? Well, I, I, after listening to our commentary, I can't imagine this is too much of a surprise, but we're going to go to the state of Missouri, the show me state, 
And show me an over. Show me an over of 54. Got two of the top scoring teams in the AFC and the NFL all together. Uh, 54 should be easily eclipsed probably by the beginning of the fourth quarter. For the teaser, well, I disagreed with Maddie on the Green Bay game, and I took Tampa Bay at plus three and a half. Well, if I liked him at plus three and a half, I'm going to love him at plus nine and a half. And the same thing with Buffalo. Take them all the way through the four. Six, seven, all the way up to nine. So, to summarize, Buffalo Chiefs, over 54, my teaser, Tampa Bay and Buffalo, up to nine and a half and nine respectively. Well, I'm right beside you when it comes to the total again. I'm 54 and uh, KC Buffalo, I think that's going to go over. And for my teaser, well... I like the Bills from plus three. I'm taking them to plus nine, just like Andy. And then I'm taking the over on that same game down from 54 to 48. He's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. Well, thank you for listening to the Conference Championship Edition of Almost Wise Guys. If you like what you heard, hit that subscribe button on iTunes or SoundCloud. You won't miss a show. From the Costa Nostra Studios, for Andy the Prognosticator Attridge, back at Almost Wise Guys Central, I'm Matty Buller. Have a great Conference Championship weekend. Get out. Pick yourself a winner. If you liked our podcast, please share it with a friend. If you hate it, please share it with two enemies. Tune in two weeks from now on February the 7th. For our Super Bowl episode, same bet time, same bet channel, sayonara.